0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Malt House Games Podcast. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us today. My name is Delton and I'll be your host and with me today is my co-host and wife, Haley. Hello! So today we are going to be talking about playing board games with family during the holidays. This is something we got to do, so that's, you know, a great topic. Let's get to the beer of the day, but first I must open it.
1: I know you guys can't see this, but it is adorable because he is using a bottle opener That is shaped like a cat paw.
0: It is a cat paw bottle opener. So today, the beer... Oh, by the way, I should uh, mention, this is episode five. Episode five of the Malt House Games podcast. The beer we are drinking today is Argy Night. I guess you could pronounce it Ari Night. It's kind of, uh, instead of Starry Night, like Van Gogh. But I'm Tiss. It's the Argy Night. And it's by Springfield Brewing Company out of Springfield, Missouri. It is a rum barrel aged stout with blood oranges. It's a... Large bottle right now. Let me see. One pint, 9.4 ounces. I can't find the percentage of alcohol on it, but I know it's decent and it is tasty. Yeah, I don't see it on the bottle at all, huh. which is surprising. Here, let me pour. Ooh, oh, good color.
1: It's very dark. So tell us how you got this beer, Deltan Don.
0: So we went, uh I'm trying to remember. We picked this one up when we went to Branson with your family. And we stopped off in Springfield and went to Springfield Brewing Company as well as Mother's Brewing Company uh, and just kind of spent the day in Springfield before we showed up in Branson at the cabin. So it was really nice, a really nice trip and a lot of good beer, which is always good.
1: He was caught by a lovely lady's eye who bought him this beer.
0: Yes, Haley bought this for me, which always helps out when you have a wife that indulges in your uh, high class beer needs.
1: There's a bunch of sediment in the bottom.
0: Yes, and it's mostly in your glass, so drink easy.
1: Merry Christmas, 2016. And
0: cheers. Oh, yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and cheers to huh?
1: that. I was saying this is 2016 beer. This was your present last year. Oh,
0: well, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year for 2017 going into 2018. Oh, that's real good.
1: Oh, that's really sweet.
0: Very sweet. The oranges hit in the back, I feel like.
1: It has the smoothness of pulp-free orange juice, but without the burn of it. Like, you know whenever you're drinking really... Smooth orange juice. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. That's what it tastes like. It tastes like that in beer form. It's lightly carbonated, but it's still dark and rich, but it doesn't stab your taste buds in the tongue with alcohol.
0: It really doesn't. I'm having trouble because I burned my tongue yesterday drinking tea that was far too hot. And so everything today has tasted funny. Every single thing. And so my tongue doesn't really feel the best drinking this or my coffee this morning or anything like that. But, you know, it's okay. Now with the beer poured, and we're up and running and everything's good to go, I guess we can get into kind of what we've been doing lately. This week was Christmas week, and so we had Christmas at Haley's parents' house out in Elk City, which is western Oklahoma, where there is nothing but cotton fields and tumbleweeds. Where hopes and dreams go to die. Every hope and dream you have there will die. That is just gonna happen.
1: Except my little niece is there. Little baby Lakin.
0: Yes, Lakin is sweet.
1: I just want to point out how... That kid, so my niece is 11 months old. She's going to be two next, or two, one month. One next month. I can't speak. Can't do math either. Oh, well. Anyway, she's going to be one next month. And so this was her first Christmas. And this child got everything in the world from her grandparents. The kid probably got $1,000 worth of toys. And what does she like the best? The $2 octopus I picked up at Dollar General.
0: We picked her up this octopus. Haley did at Dollar General, and she loved it, carried it around, would hug it, lay into it, just everything she did, she wanted to do with that octopus.
1: And is still doing so.
0: And is still doing so. So I think that's a win for aunt and uncle over uh, grandparents. Oh, yeah. So it was a good uh, good Christmas. Had no problems there. We had a large game day with Haley's mom. So that was actually really fun. We weren't sure how she would enjoy some of the games, but she liked all of them and actually beat us a couple times.
1: I think that's one problem that a lot of hardcore gamers have. There, there's the hardcore gamers that think that everybody is going to love all of the hard and challenging games, like everybody's going to love Twilight Imperium if they just give it a chance. Everybody's not going to. You also have the gamers that almost don't think that regular lay people will enjoy games as much as they do. So Delton expressed a lot of apprehension before we went on the trip. We were packing We packed five or six games, like Ticket to Ride, Cat Lady. Uh, what else did we play with her? Number nine. Number nine. We We're packing all these games, and Delton was like, I don't know if she'll actually like these games. I felt like it wasn't, he wasn't giving my mom enough credit. Oh, granted, we're not going to break out Twilight and play with mom because about 30 minutes in, she would be three glasses of wine in and she'd just fall asleep or tell us to go screw ourselves. That's okay. I understand that. But I felt like she really would enjoy some of these games. I feel like Delton was a little apprehensive to show her these.
0: I'm always cautious when showing games to somebody who's not a gamer. It's something that I do strictly because I know a lot of people I talk to. They're like, board games? Oh, Monopoly. And then they don't want to try something. They don't really, you know, take the chance. And so it's something I'm always apprehensible. Apprehensible. What is it?
1: You made a Monopoly joke and then he said, take a chance.
0: That's true. What's the word I'm looking for there? Apprehensive. There you go. I don't know why I can't do anything to It's a Thursday night and I'm tired already. But I'm always apprehensive about introducing people. And it's kind of a problem because I don't want people, uh, sort of like a friend of ours, I don't want people to think that I don't believe in their abilities to learn these games or play them. I just don't think they'll enjoy them as much. And I think I need to give more people a chance on that.
1: I think like Allison, I think Allison was one of the people you thought would be least likely to enjoy a board game when we first started hanging out with her. But now she's the one that we play regular board games with. We play with Brian the most, Zach and Sarah, and then Sarah. I mean, uh, Allison. God, we both can't speak tonight.
0: We cannot. I don't know if it's the beer already, which I'm only a few drinks in, but You know, we'll figure that part out. But yeah, I mean, all of those friends, we weren't sure. And sure enough, every one of them has just grasped on and ran with it. And they love having game nights.
1: Even Rhonda.
0: Yes, even Rhonda was able to enjoy Cat Lady with us, which was a lot of fun.
1: She not only enjoyed it, but her very first playthrough, she beat me. And I was undefeated in that game. Even at Gen Con, I won that game my very first turn. Every time time we played it since, I have won. Until the one time I sit down to teach my mother the game, my mom... Doubles my score, hands my ass to me in my game.
0: It was kind of hilarious, but she only won because I lost two points to tie it, and she had more cats fed than I did. She won that one only because I didn't. (laughs) But you can say that anytime someone wins, I guess. And then she did really good at Ticket to Ride, coming in second place, a very close second.
1: I think she came in second both times. I think so. So I came in first both times, she's second, and then Delton third.
0: I'm always a far, far last place player in Ticket to Ride. And then we played number nine with her, which she got. Took her a minute to understand not to move all the tiles when you touch them. It's really hard not to, and a lot of people are a little rough with it.
1: In her defense, we were all drinking pretty heavily that day.
0: That's true. I did have whiskey and 7-Up, so, you know, it was good. But uh, Christmas is always fun, and it's nice to be able to play some games with some family. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we go into talking about the games themselves?
1: A baby life hack.
0: Okay, what's a baby life hack?
1: So before we played with mom on Christmas Eve, the night before, we went to my sister and brother-in-law's house to play number nine again. Uh, little baby Lakin, my little niece we were talking about, kept trying to get her little hands up on the table to take cards. After a while, it was getting really frustrating because she was taking Riley's cards, knocking over her uh, stack of number nine tiles. So eventually, I was like, hey, Riley, do you have an old set of cards? And so Riley goes and gets them out and hands them to Lakin. The rest of the game, Lakin is so enthused with her card. She doesn't touch ours. If she even as much as looks at our, car, at our cards or our tiles that we're playing with, I just put my hand down, wrestle up her cards that she's playing with, and all of a sudden she's just in love with her cards again. Baby life hack.
0: Yep, that was an easy way to do it. Give her a distraction that's very similar to what we were doing, which definitely helped.
1: And show interest in it. Turns out babies like stuff if you just show interest in it. And so if she were, she was sitting down there playing with the cards and, you know, we were playing with our cards, she was like, oh, what are you guys playing with? Oh, no, I'm playing with yours, Baby Lakin. Here we go. And all of a sudden, she had interest back in those again.
0: I think that's just one of those psychology things that you happen to know that you can utilize. I'm a warlock. You're only a warlock of psychology.
1: Warlock psychology. Exactly. Or a psychology whore, according to Delton.
0: She is a psychology whore because one day I was at work and we were talking about with children that you give them a choice. Do you want chicken for dinner, or do you want mac and cheese for dinner? And in my brain, in my apparently dumb childish brain, I thought, my damn wife does this to me on the, a daily basis. She gives me choices. Do you want to either do the dishes or vacuum the floor? And that's what she gives. She gives me these choices, like I'm a four-year-old and the damn thing works, and I'm just the shithead who goes along with it, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm going to vacuum the floor then. Okay, well, make sure when
1: you vacuum the floor, you pick up all the cat boxes.
0: And that's pretty much our relationship now, and she is a psychology whore, as I like to say it.
1: Here's the thing, you've known that for two years now, and you still go along with it. I will give him a choice. Hey, do you want to go to Tidal light or do you want to go to Zerate's? Hmm, so Rattes, if I to say, Dalton, where do you want to go for dinner? We're sitting on the couch for 45 minutes while he's drumming on his phone <laughs> trying to decide where he wants to go to frickin' dinner.
0: Uh, it's true, but it works, and we've got it figured out as a couple, That you know, we get along.
1: Married life.
0: Ah, oh, another good drink. Speaking of which, for those at home, if you happen to hear a cat meow in the background, make sure to take a drink. Because that is just the universal symbol of I need to take a drink because I have a dumb cat meowing at me. So
1: there you go, my son.
0: Well, do you want to move move into the games? Love to. Okay, so we'll go into talking about a couple of the games we played for, at Christmas. Oh, here's the door. Uh, uh, it's straight ahead. It's it's a game.
1: I want to talk about Cat Lady.
0: All right, we can talk about Cat Lady. Uh, go. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, take it off.
1: It is the most adorable game in the entire world, and in the entire land and sea. I love that game. So whenever you are, so not only are you collecting cats, but all the cats have different names. There are no two cats the same. All the cat outfits are different. There are multiples of cat toys, but sometimes two cats like the same toy, so that's understandable. But it is the most adorable game. Now you tell them how it's played because I suck at that part.
0: So Cat Lady is by AEG Games. They are the uh, publishing company. I believe the designer is Josh Wood. Um, I know his last name is definitely Wood. I believe it's Josh Wood. We played the game at Gen Con at the AEG booth, and we're going to pick it up and then decided to wait. And then by the time we were going to in the last day, it was sold out. Luckily, our friend Allison is amazing and bought us it as a gift for Christmas. So the way Cat Lady is played is it is a drafting game where the goal is to have the most points, and the way in which you get the most points is by feeding cats. Feeding cats, collecting catnip which can either hinder you or boost your points based on the number of cats fed. You can collect cat toys for your cats, which, depending on how many different types you have, gives you a different uh, amount of points based on a scale. And then there are some stray cats that can give you big benefits for different colors of cats that you feed.
1: Do you talk about kitty weed?
0: I did the catnip. The catnip, we call it kittyweed. We say that the bag of catnip looks like a bag of weed, so kitty weed. Those are the ways that you gain points in the game. The way the game is actually played, cards are laid in a 3x3 three three grid. There is a cat token blocking either a column or a row. Whatever column or row that cat toy, uh, little cat meeple is blocking, you cannot take that row. However, if you take, let's say it's blocking the row on the very top, and you want to take the first column, you do still take the one card of your column that's in the row the cat's blocking. You just can't take the entire row it's blocking. You draft three cards every time and put them in your hand. If there are food, which are milk, tuna, and chicken, you immediately get a cube that corresponds to your food by color. Milk is white, chicken is red, tuna is blue, and there is a wild for purple. And you can use that to feed the cats that you can draft. And then you draft the kitty weed. you draft the cat toys, uh, you draft stray stray cat, missing cat posters, basically, so you can get stray cats or victory points. And you draft everything, including a spray bottle, and the spray bottle allows you to spray the cat meeple to take the row or column it is blocking. So that's really nice, it's kind of just telling that cat, no, get out of here, get down kitty, and then you can take that row. And so it's a really simple game, you just draft three cards and that's your turn, and then you can do a couple other things, put cats down, feed them. You know, if you have a cat down though at the end, and it's not fed all the way, you lose points. It's very simple to understand, very simple to play, and it's just a really cute game, and it goes by pretty quick.
1: Man, you went straight Cartman with that get down, kitty. No, kitty's a kitty. It's a bad kitty. No, kitty's my it's a, it's a podcast like this. That's
0: terrible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Cat Lady is super fun. We really enjoy it, and uh, it's been a nice, simple game. Luckily, Haley's mom really latched onto it and thought it was super fun and cute and talked about even potentially getting the game. Handed my ass to me in the game. She did. She won, which was, I, it came down to the end, me and her, I was two points ahead of her. Whoever, at the end of the game, has the most food left over that is not being used to feed a cat loses two points, so that put us to a tied score. Then the tiebreaker is is whoever has the most fed cats. Rhonda won it, so I took a pretty close second place and Haley was trailing by a decent amount of points in third.
1: You're just mad because your mother-in-law handed your ass to you in your own game.
0: It didn't feel nice, but it was kind of good that she enjoyed it. I mean, I think that helps when you win a game, especially first or second play. It really helps solidify if you like the game or not. And so if you win it, you're going to be more (coughs) likely to like it.
1: Yeah, so that was definitely a big hit with mom. Uh, I really think that Ticket to Ride was a big hit. She didn't win that one, but she really enjoyed it. She actually asked to play it a second time after we played it.
0: So Ticket to Ride, we took... We have the base version and one that is the Merklin edition, which is a German map. Um, I do not believe that one's in print anymore. So we took the base version to Haley's parents' house, and her mom played it with us. And so the game Ticket to Ride is very, very simple. There are five cards laid face up. There is the board... And there are train tickets that you get three of and you have to keep two. These train tickets can say Dallas to New York, or Winnipeg to Santa Fe, or Seattle to, uh, I don't know, Florida to Miami, Seattle to Miami, something like that. And what you do is you start off with a couple train cars of different colors. There's pink, orange, blue, white, black, red, yellow, green. And then the locomotives are rainbow. Those cards are the ones that are face up. So what you do on your turn, you either take two face-up cards, one off the top of the deck and one face-up card, or two off the top of the deck. The only stipulation is if you take a face-up locomotive. It counts as both of your cards. So you take these cards into your hand, and what you do on the board, there are each city has a dot, and there are tracks between the cities of different colors. Gray can be any color, and then any other one is dictated by the color, you know, black, red, blue, white, whatever it is. Each of those tracks require a certain amount of trains. Those, so let's say the track between Seattle and Portland is one. It's one little train segment. That means you need one card of whatever color that segment is, or any color if it's gray, and you get to place one of your trains on it, and then you connect Seattle and Portland. So you do that. You either draw, draw cards or play cards to place your trains to fulfill your tickets to get points. Every train segment that you lay... Is worth so many points and so if you lay a six segment train piece it's 15 points a five segment is 10 and it goes down and so it's good to do big ones and it's good to complete a lot of tickets but it's a really simple game to play definitely a family game but Haley's mom really really enjoyed it and like she said requested to play it again which was nice
1: like right after we finished the game she's like let's play it again i was like all right mom so what do we play probably about four hours of games with her
0: i think so we played ticket to ride twice we played number nine, which we talked about in previous episodes, twice. We played Cat Lady twice. And we we played it three times?
1: Yeah, we played it twice. And then we came back to it at the very end after we finished all three of the games. We we're like, what do you want to play again? That's she right. goes, I want to play Cat Lady.
0: That's right. We played Cat Lady again. And then we played, was there anything else or was that it?
1: I think that's everything.
0: So seven different plays? Yeah. So it was a really productive game day. I mean, given, you know, we played a couple things multiple times. And I, I took Notre Dame, which Haley got me for Christmas. We did not get to play that, however, we will get to play that soon, so it's okay. Your mom had a good time, and that's what matters, is we had a good time with fam, which is good. Oh, yeah. I also just said fam, and I'm slightly disgusted with myself.
1: Ha <laughs> you millennial. It's
0: mainly because I wanted to drink a beer, and it sped everything up, and now I'm talking not drinking, so really, it's counterproductive.
1: Nah, fam, ain't about that life.
0: <laughs> but it was really nice. I wish, um, Haley, sadly, came down with bronchitis, an ear infection, and a sinus infection earlier in the week. and And a cold and a cold and it got really bad on christmas day christmas eve and christmas day and so christmas eve is when we played those games early in the day on uh, then now on christmas day it got bad enough that when we stopped at my parents to pick up my dog i just went in left her asleep in the car got the dog and left one of these days we'll take those games to my mom's house and see how she enjoys them because last time she played ticket to ride she was ruthless
1: Oh, my God. She would just take train tracks just to screw you over. Like, she's not even going for anything in particular. She just sees you trying to complete your train track from Portland to New York. And she's like, you know what? Screw you. I see you taking all those white cards. Bam. I took that six white. I hate you.
0: I'm pretty sure she also used the slang bitch a lot in that game.
1: Oh, she did. Tammy Brack is ruthless. I love her. I respect her. I fear her. I'm glad she's on my side.
0: Yep, she is ruthless in games, always has been. Uh, that is where my love of board games really started. We played Battleship a lot when I was young. I was sick all the time. I almost died from double pneumonia when I was like two. So we, I stayed inside and played games. Battleship was one of them, and that's one where you have to be ruthless. And so I think she got used to that, and that's what you know sparked my love of games, so it works out.
1: It also made you tough when you grew up.
0: Well, I wouldn't say that, but you know.
1: And then I bought you Battleship for, what, your birthday two years ago?
0: I think so. Yeah, we've played it once, and it's it's actually you know still kind of fun for just a little little simple game. It's nice if you're just sitting back, kind of bored, and you're like, "Hey, let's play Battleship," and it works out.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it's you, really nostalgic. Didn't you buy that for your nephew as well?
0: Uh, I don't think I bought him Battleship. No, I might. Yeah, we bought it for. Our I might have. Christmas maybe last year. We did. Was yeah. it last year?
1: Yeah, last year because uh, Kelton oh, Jen right. sat in the middle of the floor and tried to teach him how to play it. We are slowly but surely converting all of our family members. We have mom. We have Tammy. Lakin, She's starting to grab cards. Tyler, we bought him two games now.
0: Yeah, we bought Tyler. It was for Harper, but I didn't realize how much older it needed to be. And she liked playing with it while we played. But I bought Tyler Dr. Eureka from Blue Orange Games. Amazing kids logic game. You just have these little vials. You put three balls in them. They're orange, purple, and red. And you flip a card over and it shows you how the three vials need to have the balls organized. And then you have to do it without touching the balls by hand. So you have to pick up the vials and pour the balls so you kind of have to use logic skills and flip them back and forth. And it was really good. Tyler got it every time. And I think that really helped. And then we also bought Kelt and Jen uh, Cobra Paw, which we played at Gen Con. And they really enjoyed it. And Tyler was able to play that with us and really had fun.
1: I suck at that game so much. I try so hard. It's so cute. It's a kitty game. I shall win. But alas, I
0: suck. Haley is really, really bad at dexterity games. Like I bought Flick'Em Up and I love it. She is terrible.
1: Or Rampage, also known as Terror in Meeple City. And the thing is, I try so hard. I want to be good at these games. I'm good at games. But I cannot do dexterity games to save my life.
0: I don't know why she's bad at them. I really want to buy Flip Ships. Flip Ships looks awesome. It's basically uh, Space Invaders, the board game. And I really want to play it. But Haley is just so bad at these things that I don't know if she'll really enjoy it.
1: My theory is I beat Delton so much in other board games, he's finally found the genre that he can always beat me in, so he's trying to collect those games to make me play so he feels better about himself.
0: Dude, for real. That that right there, or just games that you dislike? I gotta find games you don't like so I can play them over and over again. I'll still win. I mean, you probably will, depending, but I'll try my hardest, that's for sure.
1: There's not many games that I just really don't like, except for Sky Traders. But that's because it was sexist and racist.
0: It was. I mean, the game was okay. I think it had a good idea. I liked the pick-up-and-deliver mechanic in it with the stock market kind of thing, but I don't know, just with the with the sexism and the racism that w- was kind of apparent within the artwork, I just didn't care for it. It was okay, which is why I bought it for super cheap and then I sold it. So, you know, no, no nothing really crazy for me, but that's one that I'm hoping somebody takes that idea and improves upon it. I mean, Akrotiri is kind of a pick-up-and-deliver, but there's more to it. I want one that's a little more pick up and deliver stock markety kind of game. I really just have to do some looking and find something like that.
1: Or do some designing.
0: That too, but that's always very difficult. That's for sure.
1: I believe in you. So we haven't talked about number nine, playing that with mom.
0: Well, we talked about it a little bit, but yeah. Number nine we talked about in the past episode, so you can look that up if you want to hear about the game. But it was really good. Um, her mom kept bumping the stacks of tiles and kept knocking them around. And everybody tends to do that their first play. They don't realize how gentle you have to be. But she seemed to enjoy it. Um, she didn't really care while drinking to use that much brain power to focus on, you know, spatial reasoning, which we were drinking as well. But we're used to that. So it doesn't bother me. But yeah,
1: I think it's a lot of fun. I actually won one, didn't I? Yeah, I won one.
0: I think you won for the first time ever.
1: I won on the train. Delton says I did not win on the train that he actually won but it's just because I've been drinking on the train. We're going to sound like alcoholics. We really don't drink this much. Like I haven't had a beer since Christmas.
0: We pretty much only drink on holidays like Christmas and for the podcast. We have one beer with each podcast episode, so that's the only time we really drink unless we have a game night with a lot of friends. We'll have another uh, we're going to have a New Year's Eve get together. Hopefully hopefully be able to play two rooms and a boom for the first time i have it signed by alan and sean from tuesday night games and i'm really hoping we get to get that out and as well as avalon and one night ultimate werewolf again
1: do you know if their other game is out the one that was fairy tale based
0: no i know he was playtesting it at pax unplugged and they playtested i think some well that's if they went to pax i know they went up to shucks in in vancouver and they playtested some and he talked about it so it's something that's still not out yet But it's something they're testing and trying to refine.
1: Did they ever put out You Mad Bro?
0: So they have rethemed You Mad Bro.
1: No! No!
0: A lot of people didn't care for the theme because the theme was, you know, it was just kind of a goofy theme. But they rethemed it to something better. I cannot think of what it is off the top of my head. No,
1: You Mad Bro, the theme was the best thing in the world. I wanted it so bad.
0: (laughs) Well, they've changed it, so too bad. It's still Matt Fantastic's game. They're still working with him. I'm
1: going to write him a letter.
0: It should be hitting Kickstarter early this year. So I'll probably back it just because those guys are awesome. we have have to back it. We'll we'll have to get it and have us another little card game for like coffee shop or something.
1: Y'all, if you see that on uh, Kickstarter, you have to back it. We played it at Gen Con like five or six times. It was so much fun. I'm so sad that they rethemed it because it was a Jersey Shore theme. It was awesome.
0: So what the game is, it was called You Mad Bro. It's something different now. I cannot remember. However, what the game is, is, I'm going to say it the way Alan does, which is blackjack, but better. You get a card, and it has a value on it. I believe it had a value on it. It's been a minute. You get a card, and then everybody has a chance to hit or stay. If you hit, you have a chance in the original to go mad. And it was, you know, basically, are you mad, bro? And he would ask you every time. It was Cthulhu. It was a cthulhu theme one before. But he would ask, you know, you mad, bro? And then you'd flip it and be like, oh, no, I'm not mad. And you keep it and they keep going. and You could hit again and hit again. It was whoever had the most uh, bananas. So it wasn't actually number value, I don't believe. But um, basically, it's kind of like blackjack. You can hit, you can pass. Um, You just kind of have to try to outdo everybody else without in the original without going mad in the new one. Like I said, I cannot remember the theme off the top of my head. But it's going to be a fun game, and I'm super excited to see it on Kickstarter.
1: Alan, I'm going to be sending you a Facebook message. I'm going to add you on Facebook just to send you a message about my condolences to you, Mad Bro. It was such a good theme. I mean, it's going to be a great game no matter what. But still such a good theme.
0: We'll have to look. I'll have to listen to the episode and find out what it's rethemed, or just wait for the Kickstarter and see what happens. Because they put out Two Rooms and a Boom, and then Anthony Burch's, uh World Championship Russian Roulette, which is a fun game my friend bought. And so that's been a really nice... Uh, a really cool game to have as well.
1: I forgot that's their game.
0: Yep, they're the ones who produced it, which is why it's the same size box as Two Rooms and a Boom. They put it out, but Anthony Birch, who's from the um, Board with Life crew, mm-hmm. that YouTube channel, uh, it's his game.
1: I've officially played that game twice with Brian and Jessica, and I am not lost.
0: That's because you suck.
1: Fight me. I think you just call your bluffs really easily.
0: Yeah, I'm horrible, horrible at bluffing. Uh, I've learned that the only way I can win at bluffing is if we play long enough for me to take make it my advantage. So if I'm lying, I smile, I get giddy. It happens all the time. And what I try to do is run with that. So if I start smiling and getting giddy, I'm going to continue smiling and getting giddy, even if I'm the good guy. And it gets to the point where when I lie, nobody can tell. And it has to take a while. I mean, I have to play, you know, five or six games of One Night Ultimate Werewolf before that point comes. But when it comes, I'm dominant.
1: Would you like to know your tell? Or do you know your tell? What's my tell? You don't drum when you're lying.
0: Oh, shit, i got to use that now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I probably just screwed myself. That's your tell. Uh, Whenever you're fibbing, whenever you're lying, you don't drum. Your hand, so Delton is a drummer. He drums with all his metal stuff, and he does all his Mike Portnoy magic, and I don't know, dream theater. Woo! But anyway, he drums, and so he drums all the time on cabinets, on his phone, on his lap, or watching TV all the time, except whenever he is the bad guy or the traitor in a game. For playing any other any game, sushi go, he's drumming. it to ride, he's drumming. Twilight Imperium, he's drumming. But if he is the traitor, or he is the bad guy, or he's being sneaky, he doesn't drum.
0: Well, I'm gonna have to start utilizing that to my advantage now. Geez, um, well, I guess it's nice to know my tell. I don't know what your tell is. I never pay that much attention. I think that's the problem.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good thing to tell your wife.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh well, it's okay. I'll figure it out at some point.
1: I'm going to make up a tell and then change it on you once you figure it out.
0: God, that would be horrible. Ugh, psychology whore.
1: Psychology whore. So I don't think they actually said this. He came home. Don't we tell the story that you came home and called me a psychology whore?
0: Yeah, you talked about that. We talked about it.
1: Well, like, we said that you called me a psychology whore, but he walks into the house and just says, you psychology whore, and I'm just laying there on the couch like, what? Why are you calling me this? And then he tells me.
0: That was my greeting that day. The minute I (laughs) was. (laughs) <laughs> the minute I walked in the door I just yelled at her you psychology whore and then that's uh, yeah that's how the day started or I guess the evening
1: so I make marriage work
0: exactly alright so at this point episode's uh, coming up to an end now because it's getting kind of late in the recording let's move into oh shit we didn't do a topic we just went into the games and didn't talk about the topic I don't know that we'll have time okay well with that uh, I say we move into the topic of the episode
1: hey what can I get you like a topic any special way
0: make it a top shelf topic
1: coming up enjoy
0: so for the topic today we wanted to talk about games that are good to bring home to family because playing with family is something a lot of people are nervous about doing i don't want to walk in with you know uh, twilight imperium or imperial settlers or dead of winter and just play it with my mom So we wanted to talk about some of, wanted to talk about some of the games that we enjoy taking to family because they're simpler, easier to get people to try, and then we can upgrade later. So it's kind of that first time introducing family.
1: You convert them. Like you did with Kelton. Whenever I first met Delton, what, five and a half years ago? His brother made fun of him for playing games. But now Kelton and Jennifer, they play board games all the time. They probably have, what, 40 games themselves?
0: They're, I think it's in the 30s, yeah. So, which is crazy. I never would have thought that would have happened. But it's good. I mean, once you play games and see you can have fun with friends doing that and just having a drink and relaxing, it's really nice. So for some of the games, obviously what we played with Haley's mom are good choices. Ticket to Ride, Cat Lady, Number 9, you know, some simpler games. I personally think Flam Rouge would be awesome because I love Flam Rouge. It's easy to understand. It's fun. You're bicycling. I don't know what you would think about that, but I think it's a good idea.
1: I really think it's fun too. It's really easier than you think. I think there's a learning curve at the beginning, maybe the first. I really I really think that whenever we play games, we should take a couple of rounds just to show people and then restart the game. I feel like if we did that with some like Fl- Flam Rouge because at first, if you don't play your cards right, but um this, then you're going to fall behind really quickly. So I think if we were to show that game to say mom or your mom or like my sister, I think we should take a couple of rounds to play, then shuffle up, completely restart the game.
0: That's not a bad idea. I said that I say that would be a good idea to do, to do next time. I think that's a I think that's a really good idea. I'm tra- full of them. I would sure hope so. Some of the other games that we can do, uh, I really like introducing people with a love letter, taking that to family. I think that's a good little family game.
1: We should have taken that this weekend.
0: Yeah, that's because that's always a fun one. But what's one what's one for the competitive family? Because
1: definitely ticket to ride. Honestly, you can screw someone over so easily, like especially if you're playing with more than three, let's say you're playing with four people then you can screw someone over easily. If you are done with all your train tracks and you notice that mom is going for a train track over on the East Coast, you can totally steal one of her train tracks, make her totally deroute. Like, it looks like this fun, wholesome, family-oriented game. We can be freaking ruthless in it. Oh, my gosh. You can just take someone's track just to screw them over and they have to completely derail.
0: That is true. A lot of people could do that. And if you're the competitive type, when someone messes with you. Tammy Brack. When someone messes with you exactly. <laughs> when someone messes with you, it's it's one of those things that you you enjoy it. as much as you hate when someone takes your spot. You also love it because it gives you a reason to go after them. It's kind of like when you play oh t- any game that you can attack somebody. I'm trying to think of one off top off the top of my head, but I just can't today. Yeah. It, it gives you that incentive to go after them. And so I could see that in ticket to ride. It's not necessarily the most beneficial to yourself and your own plan. But it would be good to attack other people and you can, I mean, you can do that. It's kind of nice.
1: But if you finish all your tickets early and so you've already got your points done, instead of taking another ticket, just spend the rest of the game trying to screw everyone else over.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's a good one for competitive people. So another question is non-competitive people. Obviously, co-op games are going to be where that's at.
1: Pandemic, definitely.
0: Pandemic is the easy choice because it's a great game. It's clean and simple. It's not hard to play. The rules are easy, and everybody can understand the theme. It's not anything ridiculously out there.
1: And you can kind of be that helicopter parent at the beginning, and the game still goes smoothly.
0: You just say helicopter parent? Yeah. What is that? Well, Talking he- about quarterbacking? Yeah. Who says
1: helicopter parent? I'm a therapist for children. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> Fight me. I'm a therapist look, for look, children. Look, look, look,
0: look. The listeners are not children. So, you know, I'm looking at a giant
1: child right now. Yeah, I don't have a
0: rebuttal for that. But helicopter parent, never heard that before in my life. That's never going heard, on the books.
1: Never heard helicopter parent?
0: I am writing that into my little self it's, like self kept definition book. Definition book, I'm a moron. Dictionary of words that I can access. I'm not a child. I'm not a child. I don't I know what definition means. I know what a dictionary is. Anyway, I get it, it's quarterbacking, which yes it can happen. It could be bad later, but when you're introducing people, especially family, quarterbacking's not bad, because you can say, hey, by the way, uh, this this is a little bit better choice. You should try this for this turn, and that would help out. <sighs> oh, my God. You shush at you and your helicopter parent.
1: Have Gosh. you ever really not heard of helicopter parents? No, and not once. The terms are in research. So you know what a helicopter parent is?
0: No, and I don't read psychology research, so...
1: Well, even, like, it's the Edmund mom thing. It is the suburbanite mom thing. It's where your kids are playing and your parents are like right there just watching their every move, making sure they're not dead. Instead of just letting them go play and hopefully not die.
0: It's the people who can't stop messing with their kids and keeping an eye on them and keeping their hands out of stuff. They can't just let them go be kids.
1: Yeah, if you watch kids, even even up to age 16, 17, 18, sometimes even up into your 20s, you always go back to mom. Mom's your home base, dad's your home base, whoever that parent is, whoever your parent figure was. And so kids, whenever they're like one years old, they might go three or four feet, turn around, come back to mom. Whenever they're age five or six, they might go off for 10 minutes, come back to mom. Whenever they're 12, they might go away for hours and come back to mom. But they always come back to mom. But helicopter parents are just like, do-do-do-do-do-do, i am going to chase my kid and make sure they're not dead, even though they're not dead because you can see them and they kind of need some free play in order to develop some independence.
0: So basically, they're hovering the whole time.
1: Yes, and that's what you can do in Pandemic Legacy. You're C- hovering the whole time.
0: Couldn't they be a hovercraft parent?
1: I like that better.
0: I don't know. I like helicopter parent. I just imagine an Apache helicopter with guns at the ready. Just like, you're going to play the way I say, kid,
1: man, play hopscotch wrong, bitch.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay. So we got competitive parent ticket to ride, or I guess family member cooperative family member pandemic. Let's say it's just you and you're going home to see a single parent or you're going home to see parents and one is disinterested because my father will not play games. Haley's father will not play games. So what's something that potentially, especially if you're like an only child, you can play one-on-one that's really good?
1: Patchwork. Just say, hey, want to play this board game? It's like Tetris. Everybody knows Tetris. Everybody loves Tetris. Everyone's familiar with Tetris. So say, hey, it's like Tetris. That'll get someone's interest. You wouldn't tell my dad, hey, dad, come play a quilting game because my dad is your stereotypical white country male like i won't play no quilting game but if you tell them hey this is like tetris well hell that sounds like fun
0: yeah that's true it is very tetris like uh the quilt theme could be good for people who like that kind of thing uh if you don't like quilting or something like that it's just a good game it's got tetris feel it's very simple it's two player it can kind of be cutthroat at times depending on how you view the turns but i think it's a very good game for two people especially someone who's not used to games.
1: I agree. I think Dad would like a quilting game.
0: I think your dad would if he would actually sit down and play. One day. One of these days, after he recovers from his knee replacement. I think those are some good games. We've run a little long on the podcast, so I'm going to try to wrap it up quickly. Um, One thing I wanted to do is we forgot on episode three and four for the question of the episode. So I want to do the question of the episode. Oh, no. Join us for a Malthouse Games podcast special pint size question. All right, so for the question of this episode, I want to do, what is your New Year's resolution? More importantly, what is your New Year's board game resolution? Uh, for all of you listening, uh, if you are listening and actually want to participate in something, tweet at us at malthousegames.com, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S, games, malthousegames.com, at Mallhouse Games on Twitter or Facebook. Um, Tweeting is the easiest way. Facebook works as well. But tell us what your New Year's gaming resolution is. So, Haley, do you have one in particular that's separate from mine?
1: I do. I have one that is play at least one board game a week. So in 2017 that we're in, I know I was going through grad school. Delton was finishing up his degree. We were both changing jobs. It got kind of stressful. So there would be times where we wouldn't play a board game for maybe one or two weeks at a time. And I really felt board game withdrawals. I know it's not really a thing, but I really wanted to play and I just found myself being overwhelmed and when I got home, I didn't want to play. So my New Year's board game resolution is to at least play one board game a week.
0: I think that's a really good one because there are some weeks you just don't get to it. If you look at, I track our stats on Board Game Geek. Nerd. I don't stack wins and loses or anything like that. I just keep track of uh, how many plays we have. Well, there are some months this year we played like seven times. Which is depressing because normally we play more than that. I mean, December alone, I think we're at 60 now. So we've played a lot this month. My personal New Year's gaming resolution is I'm going to do a 10 by 10. A 10 by 10 is you're going to take 10 different games from your collection and play them 10 separate times throughout the year. I don't think that's that difficult, depending. The question for me... Is how do I choose these games? Do I do a random selection through Board Game Geek? Do I have Haley choose them? Do I choose them? Do we split it? Do I let my friend Brian choose them based on his? That's not a bad idea. Oh,
1: no. He would choose Twilight Imperium, man. He
0: wouldn't do that because oh, he knows. He would do that. He's, well, here's the thing. He knows he's going to be roped into any game that takes three <laughs> players. And Twilight that's Imperium, true. you have to have at least three. So that'll be good, though. So mine is a 10 by 10. So I think that's solid. Yours is going to be good. Play one game a week, which will help with our 10 by 10. There are 52 weeks. So we can definitely accomplish that. If we play two games a week, that will get yours done, get mine done, we'll be good.
1: So I have so much fun playing it. Whenever I first met Delton, I know I've said before, I wasn't a board gamer. Like, apples to apples to Monopoly. Like, that was all that I played. But now I really enjoy it and I consider it a good part of our relationship, what we do together, how we bond.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is. It's something we can bond over, some, a way we spend time together that's not watching TV or you know, reading or just going, I mean, going for a drive, stuff like that. It's all good. Watching TV is good, but playing games is a little more interactive and it's a way that we can bond personally. That's really nice.
1: Plus, if you make me mad, I can screw you over and take it to ride and take you a rail
0: every damn time. All right. Well, I think we've run this podcast long enough. I'm going to have to cut some stuff out since the way we recorded It's kind of funky, but it should end up being a good length. So I'm going to end it now. Thank you guys for listening. This is episode five of the Malthouse Games podcast. Uh, If you could hit us up on Twitter and Facebook, we are at Malthouse Games. Uh, We also have an email, contact at malthousegames.com. If you could send us questions or comments, uh, let us know what you think. Look us up on iTunes. Um, uh, The podcast will be up on SoundCloud. We would love follows and shares. And then we're going to be on iTunes, so any five-star reviews would be great. That would help us get a little more exposure. I just want people to enjoy my podcast as much as I enjoy making it for both of us. So I just want people to like our content. And so I keep saying so a lot. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Look us up on SoundCloud, on iTunes, anywhere you want to. Give us a listen. If you like us, let us know.
1: We're nice people, I promise. We try to be at
0: least. So I guess that's the end of this episode. Uh, We will see you guys in episode six next time. We will have Brian as our special guest with a Magic the Gathering focused episode. But we will talk about board games.
1: That's going to go to his head so much.
0: Maybe a little bit, but we'll see. Special guest. Yeah, he is the special guest, which is great. But uh, we will work on that next time. So I guess until then, sit back, relax, have a drink, and play some games. Goodbye. See you, everyone.